This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week 582, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week episode 582. My name is Ron Richards and I'm alongside my co-host Josh Flanagan. Do you do you do it like Uncle Leo on purpose now or has it just been ingrained in you? I think I might be turning into Uncle Leo. Oh. oh, uh, oh. That's a whole other ball of wax. But, like uh, it's a ball of earwax. Yeah, normally there are three of us, but unfortunately our third co-host, Connor Kilpatrick, has joined up with something he calls the movement <laughs> and has changed his name to Ezekiel. So... Uh, Next week should be fun. A lot of talk about Bright Light. It's weird. A well, lot of talk. I mean, he just wants to help us, Josh. The thing that freaks me out, though, is that his shirt's buttoned <laughs> up all the way. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And the white tennis shoes, they're yeah. weird. And anyway, we, we are from iFanboy, and every week we read a stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book of that week, and we call that the pick of the week. And we come back here to talk about that book, talk about some other books, talk about books that you, our supporters, our patrons, wanted us to talk about. Um, if we have some time, we'll read some listener mail. No matter what, it's going to be fun, because what's the point of doing anything if it's not fun? Uh, that's a good question. And also— yeah. Be warned, uh, we are going to be talking about what happens in these here books. So if you have not read your comics yet, you might want to press pause, come back, listen later on, or just be warned that you might have something spoiled. Um, I don't know what the the sensitivity to spoilers are these days in 2017. I know that they were quite at the top of mind about eight years ago, and we just have never stopped talking about it since. <laughs> well, I feel like the second we let our guard down, we're in trouble. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Because there's, like, exactly. the unwritten Walking Dead spoiler yeah. rule. And right. We'll call this and, and, on something recently. I forget what it was. Well, and listen, to the gentleman who's listening, who listens to the show with his kids in the car, I'm still sorry I re- I talked about Santa Claus. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Right. right. In fact, I just I just told that anecdote recently the other day, and I, I got a good laugh at it. So, there so you go. Let's, oh. just, let's just go ahead. We're not responsible for anything we say here. Right, no, nothing. We're, we're we're barely responsible for anything these yeah. days. If, so, if something uh, if something we say upsets you in some way, you never have yeah. hit play. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what your problem is, buddy. Right. Yeah. This is this is purely voluntary by everyone's involved by everyone's involvement. Well, we we're, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is involuntary is the pick of the week. And Josh, it was your week this week since since Connor. I mean Ezekiel isn't here. So, uh, what did you pick as pick of the week? What are we going to talk about for the next ten minutes? Well, it was hard to remember because Ezekiel was saying so much about circles and and conjoining light energy. I don't I don't know. It was it was it really messed up the Slack channel. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, that's for sure. So the pick of the week is the old guard number three. Now I feel the need to apologize because we just did the old guard number two. But the blatant fact of it is, when I read all my books, I, re- I remember reading. I think I read three or four right in a row at the beginning. They were all Image. So I think I read like Black Road, Killer Be Killed, Loose Ends, and The Old Guard. And I was just like, all four of those books were great. Like it was right. such a great start to my comic book reading for the week. Um, this but, is a great week, by the way. There, there's a whole yeah. bunch of books we're not even talking about yeah. that I was like, oh, those are really good. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, um, yeah. But, like, the fact is that the and this is, like, I have flashbacks to when we first started this show forever ago. We used to pick Gotham Central all the time and Queen and Country. And so it got to be, like, a thing. The fact is they were really good, and that's always been our rule, like, the thing that was best. Um, and the, the thing that really impressed me about this, when we talked about Old Guard last time, or maybe it was the first time, there's only been three issues, um, 
I was saying like it feels more like the Rucka that I the, the Rucka I fell in love with. Uh, the guy right. who for years I said, oh, this guy's my favorite writer in comics. Um, and this was like more of that. Um, but but even so, like I, I thought there were some really interesting and deep takes on what it means for a character to be immortal as is happening in this. So basically what you have this book is a group of people who who live forever. Or, or at least a very, very, very long time. And they operate in secret and somebody found out about them and is hunting them. And they just brought on a new person who, you know, just found out that she lives forever. And they're talking to her about... So there's, there's two scenes in particular in this that I thought were, were really superb. Um, this guy, Book, I think. Book? Booker? Booker. Booker. Uh, Booker. He was, he was apparently killed at the end of issue two, but he wasn't really. He, he came back. He's fine. He's like Wolverine, I guess. Um, and, and basically... The neophyte says to him, she, you know, she told me to ask you about why I shouldn't talk to my family. And then he goes on to explain it. And it was this really beautiful sort of explanation about why it would be so disappointing to let your family know that you're still alive and around. Because not only do you have to watch them die, which is sad for you, but over time they will begin to resent you. And then that will be the last thing that you will remember about them. And you won't have the same love for them in your heart anymore. And I was like, wow, that was... A really nice writing, you know. That was the the um, like the really thoughtful novelist Rucka coming out of there. And then there's there was another scene um, where they've got two of the the other two uh, of the group sort of uh, as hostages, and and one of them you know refers to the other one of them's passed out, and so the the guy who's awake is like, "Come on, babe, wake up! I need you here with me." And they start making fun of him basically for being gay. Um, more yeah. or less, and he's like, is that your boyfriend? And he just gives this, like, soliloquy about how much he loves that person and has for centuries, and he just, he said, you are a child, an infant, and your mocking is thus infantile. And he goes on this whole thing, and it means more than what it means on this page, but in this page, I thought that's literally one of the best pages I've, I've read in forever. Yeah, that whole section was great as those guys are being, you know, they've been captured and they're being taken to wherever they're going to be taken. So, of course, you know, the guys with guns are, are, are fucking with them. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you know, clearly, you know, picking up on the affection between one who's injured and one who isn't and the one who isn't asking, you know, asking if he's OK and trying to make them, you know, kind of, you know, be embarrassed or feel bad for being gay or whatever. And then the guy just oh, just destroys. Yeah, it was just great. You, you know. know. And it really, it's it's one of those things where I said that fascinating thought on how this sort of um, immortality, give or take, you know, can work. And it's just like, if you are in love with somebody like this for that long, like, your words don't mean anything. And right. I thought that was, A, it was, was really romantic. It was really brave. It meant a lot in the greater scope of the world at the same time. But it fit into the stories. So it didn't feel like it was just like a preachy thing from out of nowhere. Um, and it showed sort of who this, who these guys were and, and what their thing was. And I was just super impressed by it. And then later yeah. when they open up – first, so at the end of that whole thing, they, they, they kiss each other like in front of them. And the next thing we see a few pages later, they open up the doors to the van and everybody else is dead. Yeah, <laughs> killed them all. Yeah, that was that was the great. Yeah, that was the great kind of you know yeah. like we 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 see them you know kind of uh, you know talking back and forth and you get a sense in the next page you turn and the van pulls up and the doors open and everybody else is dead. That was a nice touch. Um, this 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 book is great. I mean, this book is better than I thought it would be upon reading the the, the log line of it. And uh, for me, a lot of it is just like watching Leandro Fernandez just like destroy every page. Yeah. It, I don't even want, I don't even mean to take that for granted and everything else. It's like yeah. like all the writing uh, that we were talking about in combination with the way that it looks. It's just so good. I mean, we talked about that a lot. I think when the first issue came out, I was like, this guy is a fantastic uh, comic book storyteller and yeah. and designer 
she's got a great sense, and you know, I've we've seen him do a couple stories with Rucka now, and when they do, it sings, which is really. Cause I was thinking about this, and I, I I've known this for a while, so I think. A while back, I've had conversations with pros that were talking about Rucka on Detective back when J.H. Williams was doing it. And the consensus that I heard was he's not really a very visual dude. So whatever happens in the art is usually up to the artist. Right. And I sort of took that as given for a while. But then I start thinking about all the books that he's done that are gorgeous. And I thought, well, he's got to have something. Just look at the cover of this. Just the basic, simple design of this, which is two thirds black, you know, with the with the knockout type over it. And then and then sort of most of a figure kneeling down with a gun at the top. Like, it's a gorgeous, simple design. Like, he's got to at least have the wherewithal to be, like, thumbs up, thumbs down on that. Like, oh, yeah, that's good. I know, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I know what I like. Because there's an aesthetic to to a lot of these books. And this, like, this is as good a looking book. You know, he's, he works with Michael Lark on another book, so that's gorgeous, too. But um, this really has that, there's a there's an organic flow to it, which is almost the opposite of how Lark works. Lark's is very sort of cold, um, which fits for that, but this is a whole other thing, right? And and, and the th- the thing about it is, is that like, what gets this is not my kind of book. I mean, like we, you know, like you guys sure. love Queen of Country, and I I've read the Queen of Country, and I enjoy it, and and I think you know Rucka has had that basis of novelization, and also with war and kind of more kind of that you know that kind of stuff. The, one of those books that you always love that he wrote, um, uh, uh, the the very good books. What are they called? <laughs> You know all those books, all those, all the great books, all not, the great not books Queen and Country or no, the, the or, novels. Oh, oh, um, yeah. I'm actually only, I don't think I've ever read one. The Atticus, yeah, Atticus Finch or no, that's yeah, uh, yeah that, no, that's this is where it's throwing me off. Yeah, Atticus exactly. Kodiak. Atticus Kodiak, yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, I've read a couple uh, of his Queen and Country novels, but I've never actually. Yeah. I could never find the first one because it was out of print. I haven't. So I right, right. It. Right. But um but you know he's I think he's a great writer and this and this kind of twist on the stuff that he's done with Queen of Country and with other things is really is really interesting and compelling but what Leandro Fernandez is doing with this you know like we talked about it last week with Akko on 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 Nick Fury and we talked about like Marcos Martin you know, much in the past, you know, and and even like Cliff Chang and things like that these guys who draw the these really clean you know, like minimalist line, it almost Asomni almost kind of in this degree. Well, Asomni has kind of got, gotten a little, gets a little more detailed into it. But like, there's so much with light and shadow and color with Leandro Fernandez's lines, um, with his pages that just like it, it they're they're just really each page. Like, I mean, story is fantastic and Rucka is top notch as far as I'm concerned. I think that Rucka has come such a far long and far away as a comic book writer from from you know te- you know the decade ago when when we were first talking about Queen of Country yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But to see this kind of come together and sing. Like there, there is not a weak page in this book. No, um, you know, and the scene changes and stuff like that. Again, it's the same problem where it's people and there's oh, there's the woman and that's the guy and who's this or whatever. But like, I'm not confused as to who's who. You know, I might not know their name or I might not know their their you know what that what they do specifically, but I get it. You right. know, and um, yeah, so and and be, you know, like it helps you the the designs which are exaggerated, which we may have in the past said they're cartoony or whatever, but they're just more expressive and exaggerated to sort of highlight features that sort of let you know who they are, where they're from, what their background is. So when they tell you that Booker was in the French, French was, you know, he was in Napoleon's army. Um, yeah, that was great, by the way. That little, that little, yeah. that whole background of Booker being in Napoleon's army and the Napoleon and, and uh, in the winter and all that sort of stuff was just, I mean, as a history buffs, I, I knew that you were, you were giggling at that. Oh, right? totally. And, you know, he's got his exaggerated Gallic nose, which is, you know, somewhat of a stereotype, but it's also an indicator. And so then you go to, uh, you know, the two guys, the ones we were just talking about, and, and the one dude either has like, I guess like a Middle Eastern kind of look. 
Um, it, it helps you differentiate differentiate who they are when you don't have superhero costumes, which is right, you know yeah. why they're superhero costumes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, like it was one of those things. Like I, I have to pick this book because I read a lot of good ones, but there was there this was the best one by far, and I, I had you know yeah. So and it, if it's uh, good, yeah, you have to listen about it. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. If it's good, and you should be reading this. I mean, and listen. Last week we talked about it and we railed. On um, those of you not reading the uh, the Black Science by by recommender and Matteo Scalera, it's been great to see so many of you checking out Black Science and appreciating it and stuff like that. We're not going to go as extreme on the old guard because this is so new. You. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll we will not come find you yet. We're gonna wait yeah. until it hits until it hits trade and that sort of thing. But right now, if you want to get in on the ground floor or something, get in on the ground floor of Old Guard. I think that that is you're, you're definitely gonna be thankful for that. We've got um, we've got a pretty good track record of if if a book is the pick of the week, a couple times in a short succe- succession. That's yeah. that usually. I mean, look at the Flintstones. Look at look at like it's a good indicator. Yeah. Are you saying we know what we're talking we, we're talking about here? You know, you know, like. They're on issue three because it could be a fluke, but dude, you know these people have a track record. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so the mighty Thor number eighteen, Jason Aaron, Russell Dowderman, uh, and Matthew Wilson uh, continuing the uh, Thor versus the Shi'ar God storyline with a surprising uh, cover with a character we haven't seen in a while. And this was my this is why my lead off question is: Where do you stand on Quentin Quire? I'm I'm fine. I think I I I. I I mean, he's a holdover from Grant Morrison. Jason Aaron did some great stuff with him on his run on the X-Men. I think he's an interesting character. There's a lot talked about what's to come for him. I would like to see somebody pick up the baton and move him to that next stage of being, you know, the snotty, bratty teenager with the dumb haircut. But um, I'm okay with him. So. Okay. I, I've only seen him, like, here and there pop into stuff. And it's it's important, like, I'm remembering, like, oh, Jason Aaron wrote him pretty extensively and. Yeah, well, he picked, he, he picked it. He picked it up from Morrison, and you, you know, you, you know, he first came out in, in Grant Morrison's run, but then you know, Jason Aaron kind of really kind of you know gave him some more depth, and that's where we got the glimpses that he's going to become Phoenix in the future and things like that. So yeah, yeah, and and like so, what did you like? I, I was generally I enjoyed this. I don't know that it was the direction I necessarily wanted it to go because it tied everything back into the Phoenix mutant stuff, but also. Kind of good that they're doing that in a way. Well, yeah, well, well, that, that's the that's the kind of thing, and the, 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 there's a bunch of books I want to talk about, but it was it was a heavy Phoenix week at Marvel this week. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, it was. But so I was I was surprised. So the, the, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised to see Quentin Quire, and I like the way they 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 folded it in, um, in that we kind of get a uh, you know like it's it starts with uh, Lady Thor and Kid Gladiator and the other Shi'ar woman coming to get Quentin from uh, he's with Krakoa in the middle of Pacific just doing nothing. That was which great, by you, the way. Yeah, it makes you wonder how does he eat, but um, okay, um, if he's just hanging out in the Pacific with, with Krakoa. Um, but so they're coming to pick him up, and then we go back fish back to our kind of device. We're like, yeah, I guess fish. Um, but so and it, it it's kind of Lady Thor in the midst of the whole uh, fight with the Shi'ar gods, and uh, she ends up she and the other Asgardians have have bested the Shi'ar gods. So the Shi'ar gods got mad, get mad and they make out and start getting all flaming and say, well, just destroy everything, and that triggers the phoenix. And you know, I I liked it. I liked the storyline a lot so far. I think the I I when I first saw that they were doing Lady Thor and. Um, and uh, the Shi'ar, I was like, how are they going to do that? But, you know, once again, Jason Aaron is exploring the concept of godhood in a really interesting, compelling way. And why wouldn't the Shi'ar have gods and deities? And how would that w- w- interact and become kind of this, like, proto-slash-cosmic-slash, 
you know, godlike kind of story and godlike kind of battle, and teaming up Quentin Quire and Thor is hysterical. Um, you know, like that's those are two two characters I would never think they'd come together. And by the end of this issue, you know, when it it, it all led up to them facing off against the Phoenix Force, and that's where the issue ended. Talk about a great cliffhanger! I want to see the next issue. So yeah, it it, it really is. You know. It's really easy to take, like, oh, you're on Thor, and you go, all right, I'm going to do the Thor story. And you do it in the voice, in the type, in the ways that you expect, you know. And yeah. then this one is more, well, let's 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 fold it over and attach it to this other part of the Marvel Universe. And you go, and oh, obviously, obviously you should do things like that, you know. And right. not all the time. You need, you need your Thor flavor sometimes, but we got yeah. some of that. And, and this is like... I really liked how it tied in with sort of the cosmic concepts and back to, you know, some of the uh, the X-Men stuff and all, all joined together with Asgard. And it makes the whole thing feel more cohesive in a way that we don't see quite as often anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And plus it looks great. Datterman just gotten oh, so much, so much, killer. so, so good. Yeah. So the, good. The scenes, there's a little bit where they're on Krakoa. It's the last page there. And um, you see like the head pop up. And then it disappears, yep. and then that third panel is just like turning around and looking. Wait, where'd that go? What happened? Like, yeah, I would love to see Dowderman on an X Men book. I mean, I like, I, yeah, yeah, it would be great. Um, but yeah, but talking about big week for Phoenix. So over in Old Man Logan number twenty two, Jeff Lemire is doing this past live story where Logan has magically been transported. Old Man Logan has been transported into his own body at various points in the past, and he's trying to get to where he needs. I forget why he's even doing this. I don't even know. Um, and he's uh, and there's this amulet, this magic amulet, and at each point, like he kind of lands in the time period, and the amulet lands, and he's got to get to the amulet to get to the next spot. So this issue dropped him in the middle of the Hulk Wendigo fight, and he's in the classic yellow and blue Canadian with the whiskers costume. It's that moment, um, and it's amazing how this magic, you know, kind of spell drops him at the key moments in Wolverine's history. Uh, but then he grabs the amulet, and it fast forwards to Central Park, New York City, right as Gene has become Dark Phoenix. Hello. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so that, so I read Thor, and then I read this. I'm like, oh, another Phoenix. All right, well then. And so uh, we we kind of revisited the whole Dark Phoenix kind of moment. And then uh, he grabs the amulet. And now he's now he's in the uh, brown and tan, uh, brown and, you know, brown and beige costume in Japan fighting ninjas. And this is just purely like like Wolverine nostalgia porn. Like I don't even know why. I forget why he's going to where he's going. But hey, we get to revisit these other periods in time, and and ultimately it ends with him coming out of the sewer dressed all in black in Madripoor with the patch, and so uh, you know, I, you know, so it's catching up to uh, our our timeline. But I mean, it's fun. You know, like uh, Eric Nguyen is on art, and it just looks really great. He's capturing the the co- it's, it's it's curious to see how important the costume denotes the time period for Wolverine in such a great and easily aesthetically identifiable way. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, another dark Phoenix spotting and then it it didn't stop there because then I'm reading, I don't know why I'm reading Thanos, but I'm reading, so then Thanos number six rolls around. I did have that question. What? Yeah. And so, but the only reason why I mentioned it is because, uh, to stop Thanos, Thanos's son, Thane, uh, merges with the Phoenix egg and becomes Phoenix at the end of the issue. (laughs) So now Thanos, Thanos is going to fight his son who has the Phoenix force inside of him. So I was just like, wow, that's a lot of like, you don't see the, like Phoenix used to be a thing that they never went to. Like it was a big, big, it was a big, big thing. And now literally in three issues of three books this week for Marvel, all totally unrelated, not, you know, like just something going, something in the coffee that week at Marvel. Like, let's put Phoenix in this issue. It feels like somebody like remembered Phoenix recently. Yeah. <laughs> and then like started like talking about it in the office. And then like that conversation like turned into five different things that sort of inadvertently happened all at the same time. 
Right, yeah. What about, we haven't <laughs> seen Phoenix in a while. Like, that happened with um, Doomsday over at, <laughs> over at DC. It was like, yep. hey, what about Doomsday? And all of a sudden, he's everywhere, or Lobo, or whatever. <laughs> it's awful. So, uh, Unfollow 18 came out this week. We've been uh, big on this book from the get-go. Uh, this was the last issue. Um, I thought it was a little bit of a letdown. A little bit. A little and, bit. And only really in the sense of it wrapped up because it had to. And I was like, oh, you know, like that, that, uh, whoever that, that dude, I can't, I don't know. I still don't know anyone's name and that's not the fault of the book, but, uh, you know, the main male character, he got kind of just killed at the end. And I was like, I don't remember who the people are who killed him. Right. And then, you know, the girl walks away and, and that's it. So like the big bad got the comeuppance and, I, it just, I, it, I mean, it just screamed, this is ending sooner than it was meant to. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. And it's, I don't even think it's like a fault of craft or anything like that. Um, it's just like, all right, we got to wrap this up. You know, here are all the loose ends. Here are all the technical things we have to do. But like, it was, the book had a lot more to say. And it was yeah, interesting. Period. Yeah. Um, that said, and, 18 issues of a series that was good, plus thought-provoking, plus well-drawn and produced at vertigo of all places these days is, is no small thing. Plus there was some yeah. fucking, there was, there was some, there was, there was some graphic fucking in this issue. That was yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, it definitely got the, they got the sense of like, okay, wrap this up. And, you know, like, and like, and even at the moment where I thought it would get interesting when the last two survivors meet up with the rich guy, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. So we're going to get some interesting kind of, you know, like, you know, like, what was this all about? What was the purpose? It's like, no, we're just going to start shooting. Yeah, the mask made him do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the, the mask little deus ex machina thing going on here. Because at one point, like, you think, oh, he's crazy. Or whoever wears the mask, it's crazy. But I think at one point, sh- the girl, like, heard it. Yeah. She's like, wait, was that the mask saying that? Or you, you know? And I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, yeah, then moving on, X-Men Blue number two came out. So I guess all these new X-Men books are on the biweekly schedule, uh, which was great because we had X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, and Web Axel come out this week. So, yeah, I just love having millions of things to read every week. But um, and we should probably mention, I, I think we mentioned as well, too, all the X-Men Gold stuff with the first issue happened after we recorded last time. And I got nothing else to say on that. It's just a that's just a it was a bummer situation and very weird. Um, but stuff happens. But uh, I got to give Colin Bunn uh, and uh, Jorge Molina some credit on here. I think X Men Blue might be my favorite book of the bunch. I I saw it here and I thought, well, this is gonna go one of two ways. Yeah, this is either this gonna is... be like, well, I was, I was, I was overzealous before, but yeah. I was hoping it would go this way. So. Please yeah, no, and and like and and what's interesting is that is that uh, Jorge Molina is drawing these kids like kids, and nice. and and I know we I feel like we've been talking about that a lot, but like you really get the sense that these are just a bunch of teenagers, and so this issue really kind of focused in on their agreement to work with Magneto, and you got more um, insight into Jean's first meeting with Magneto when he kind of recruits him, uh, and how she went, how he led her into her mind, and she went in to see if he was telling the truth or not. Um, and we get some great leisure Magneto, by the way. Leisure wear Magneto. Ooh. Uh, V-neck, V-necks, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, V-neck cardigan, like kind of, kind of V-neck sweater with a blazer. Really good look on Magneto. Like, oh, yeah, obviously, solid. it's classic. Yeah. Solid. Classic. So, yeah, classic. Um, and, uh, and then 
you get the twist at the end, and you find out that ultimately, uh, while he's convinced Gene that he's uh, and this here's your spoiler for everyone, spoiler for everyone, while he's convinced Gene that that uh, that he's not lying to her, that he wants to protect Xavier's dream, and they do what they can. Uh, turns out he's working on a time platform to send them back to the past. <gasps> Yeah, so he's keeping him close. I like that. Um, but then what's also awesome is that he's got a little robot butler friend that he hangs out with in Madripoor named Ferris, the robotic butler. <laughs> Ferris, so, like like Bueller? Uh, yeah, exactly. Huh. So um, so it looks huh. kind of like it looks kind of like Iron Man with no legs. Um, you know, a purple Iron Man with no legs. All our, all Marvel robots basically have the same look, look like- now. Yeah, that same head, that same headpiece or whatnot. That smooth, um, that smooth Iron Man Ultron thing. Yeah, but I, I'll give Colin Bunn credit for introducing little tweaks like that, like 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 give Magneto a, a robotic butler to hang out with, like to get, and that that's what gives it that kind of. Um, uh, life to the book that's more than just fighting you know what i mean like there's a danger room sequence in the beginning so there's some fighting but like what made the x-men great weren't the battles and the fights it was the relationships and it was the stuff and the quirkiness and the weirdness and and colin bunn is really dialed into it and i'm i'm really excited about this title it's, i don't even know what to do with that <laughs> well it's good i mean I, i'm gonna enjoy it you know and, and x-men gold 2 was all right but but the x-men i finished x-men blue and i was like oh wow that's this is a lot of fun so. do you think do you think the fact that like they pulled focus away from the x-men and sort of allowed it to be there has given people a little more freedom to tell stories Oh, well, I think it's too early to tell for that. I'm we're two issues in. Yeah, we're two issues in. But I like I like whatever is being set up right now is is really interesting because you've got this, you know, the young team of the core X-Men. So you've got the core kind of power set, but then you've got the whole out of time factor, but they've accepted that they can't go back and that they're here. And you've got their existing relationship with Magneto, where they literally say in this, where they're like, you know, to us it felt like a month ago that he was we were fighting him for the first time. So it's hard to accept that he has, you know, had all these years of experiences and has accepted Xavier's dream and wants to coexist and all that sort of stuff. So it's playing with that. Then, of course, the idea that you can't trust Magneto, that he's actually working on something. And, like, why does he want to send them back to the past? Why does he have a time platform? Like, all that sort of, you know, like, so it's setting up good conflict and good, you know, drama, which is what the X-Men are all about. Well, I agree with that. Yeah, so so bravo, good job. I'm 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 floored. I I, yes. I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> All right, well, you think about that while I tell the listeners how they could support my fanboy. Uh, we want to thank everybody for their support uh, on an ongoing basis. You, the listeners, have been here for us just as we've been here for you. We do the show because you keep telling us that you like it. Uh, the moment you start telling us that you don't like it, we'll stop. Um, of, of course, we would. I, I should put some parameters around that. We would need a large number of you to reject it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't open the door to us stopping. <laughs> but either way, we thank everybody who who enjoys and downloads. Ron this. is a marketing professional, by the it, way. I know that's the, that's the scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, we thank everybody who's enjoyed the show up to this point. And if you want to keep enjoying the show, you can help support iFanboy. Go to iFanboy.com/support. There are numerous ways that you can show your support. Uh, first off, you could go shop at Amazon, which is a great way. Many of you have been purchasing your Black Science trades through Amazon, which we encourage you to continue to do that uh, and just go to ifanboy.com support you click on the link to go shop at Amazon once you're over at Amazon just don't worry about anything just shop don't worry about it Amazon and us we take care of it behind the scenes uh, we get a little cut comes from Amazon not from your pocket uh, and you save look at all those those percent off are just amazing the savings are unbelievable um, 
If you would like to directly support iFanboy, we thank everyone who's done this. Uh, you can send us a direct donation via PayPal. Uh, there's a link there on iFanboy.com slash support where you can uh, send money via PayPal. Uh, and if you are, you know, taxes are all done, we've got our returns back. If you've come into some money, if you won the lotto, if you won so you you, you want to be a millionaire or whatever that game show is, uh, is that still on the air? Uh, I don't so think you, so, but I'm not in a position to guarantee it. What is the game show so you think you can be a millionaire who dances? If you won that... Celebrity. Celebrity celebrity. edition, yeah. If you won that, you can share some of your money with us via PayPal. Uh, And finally... uh, Apparently, whoever that host is is a good shot at the 2020 uh, campaign. I think so, yeah. Um, but finally, uh, the best way to support iFanboy is to become a part of the iFanboy patrons, uh, the loyal, loyal iFanbase. You can go to patreon.com slash iFanboy where you can sign up to support iFanboy on a monthly basis. We create all this content for you for totally free. Uh, we're just asking for some value for, value for value. So if you enjoy what we do, please sign up to become a monthly supporter. There are various levels. You can go as little as a dollar or $3 a month, as high up as $20 a month, um, and you get some great rewards and all that sort of stuff. Speaking of one reward anybody who buys over five dollars or more later in the show you get a dumb superpower people seem to like that so more of that's coming um we are less than six hundred dollars away from our next goal which will bring a new podcast once a month so at this point we do at least four pick of the week sometimes five pick of the weeks each week uh, we also do Talk Explode or Book Explode. We're going to talk about that later. We just had one come out. Uh, we also do all these special edition podcasts every time a movie or TV show comes out. But now if we hit the next goal, we're going to add another one where we talk about a non-comics TV show or movie or book or record or something like that, an all-media show, um, similar to the Train Spotting podcast we put out last month. So uh, please help us meet that. Uh, t-shirts are coming very, very soon. Our last goal was to get a T-shirt store up and running, and uh, we, received sa- we received the final samples. We're going to be ready to launch soon, so it's coming in May. So stay tuned. Could be as soon as next week. Uh, And then finally, uh, supporting patrons get to hang out with us once a month. And in fact, this Monday, if you're listening to this on the day of release on Sunday, April 30th or Monday, May 1st, Monday night, 930 p.m. will be our next monthly patron uh, hangout. So uh, please uh, check out patreon.com slash fanboy for the link to go watch that via YouTube. And that, that, uh, that will be our April hangout. That will be our April. Yes, we know it's in May. Yes, and you'll get you'll get another hangout later in May. In it was June. a rough month. It was no. a rough month, folks. So. <laughs> it wasn't a rough month. It was a special month, and, yes. and and that's all there is to it. It was a yes, exactly. So thank you everybody for your support of iFanboy. iFanboy.com support. It's all there. Let's talk more about comics. All right, let's talk about Loose Ends number four, which is the finally fourth, the fourth finally of four. Why like, uh, six, six years in the making or yeah, five years like in the making? Yeah. Um, not entirely sure what happened. But it looked gorgeous. It, no, well, that was that's the thing. Like it looked gorgeous, and there were several sort of bits of storytelling in like individual pages where I was like, "That was really good." You know, yeah. like th- there's there is in comics the 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 tough guy uh, sort of genre, the John Milius school of sort of um, writing dialogue and having like men and women have conflicts with guns and things like that. And there were a bunch of pages in here where I was like, that was just, that was just very entertaining to that page. Like, I don't know what's ha- really happening overall. I'm not sure who all these people are, but I'm, I'm enjoying the visceral experience of it in general. Um, yeah. And this was, that happened all the time through this. So I couldn't even get annoyed that I didn't remember what was going on. Like, it was totally good. There is a page, I'm looking for it. It was like all, a bunch of tiny, 15, yeah, 15 panel grid. Um, and it basically told the story of this guy joining the military, 9-11 happening, him going off to war, everything that happened in the middle of there, uh, 
and then somebody showing up at his trailer door at the end. Like, he basically told his whole adult life uh, in one page with no dialogue and a bunch of quick panels. And I was like, that was fantastic. That was a great page. There was a lot of wrapping up. I got a sense of a lot of people getting their comeuppance and wrapping up yep. and all this sort of stuff. Like, I, what I want to do is I kind of want to sit down with all four of these issues or the trade when it comes out and sit down and read as a self-contained story. But, like, God damn, this looked beautiful. And yep. some of the storytelling was great. And you could really tell that in the years that have passed, both Latour uh, and Bruner have, have gotten to be better than what they were when they started this. So Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they don't remember who everybody is. So Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It's only it's only fair, but yeah, it's great to see this uh, finally end. Yep, so. it's good stuff. Um, I've been reading the Hellblazer, the Hellblazer. Okay. Uh, this was issue number nine, and I was enjoying it for a bit. And you may notice there's a bit of past tense going on there. For a bit. Yeah. Well, they had um, Phil Tan was on it for okay. a couple issues, and he's not an artist I especially love very much. But also, he was like just the wrong fit for the book. Yeah. But I was really excited about Simon Oliver because he had done he did a book with Tony Moore forever ago called The Exterminators. Oh, yeah. That I really yeah. liked a lot. And then he was announced to be the Hellblazer writer, did a four issue, maybe miniseries, and then just didn't do it. I don't know what happened after that or where he went or how that worked. Um and and I, I don't know. I, I was trying to give this the benefit of the doubt, but we've been in this storyline for a really long time, where basically the 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 gin, the gin, the gin genies, yeah, trying to say that so that it's clear, like are trying to go against. I don't know. They're trying to take over Earth again, and and John is working with some woman who who is working with a genie, and that's a secret. I just feel like it's been going on forever, and it's it's. Right. Don't you hate when the 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 slog the slog happens when you're just like, when is this going to end? Yeah, I mean, because I'm yeah. trying to give it the benefit. I was I was enjoying it for the first few issues, and I think Oliver has the voice down right. Uh, but if I'm looking at the sort of two books that have been brought back into the fold, um, yeah. The, from the Vertigo days, which is this and Lucifer, like Lucifer is fantastic, and and the, and the right. Hellblazer is, I mean, it's better than it was when it was, you know, just sort of like when they Constantine, I guess, when they just brought him to DC, but it's it's not yeah. quite there. All right. Um, so the Flash number twenty one is part two of the button. The button and. The button. And so oh, I'm guessing I guess I was you, supposed you, to read this. You were supposed to read this. So you're going to have to go back and read this. And I was thinking about it. You know, I kind of like the fact that this big event is happening just in the books. But, you know, like, I mean, we, we you know, dislike a crossover. And here's the, you know, here's the reason why. Because you didn't even know to remember it. It doesn't even say the button on the cover, by the way, which is weird. Um, oh, no, it does. I was looking at the alternate cover. Um, so it does say the button part two on the cover. Uh, but... Uh, this had uh, Howard Porter on art, and I gotta love me some Howard Porter Flash art. That's for sure. Uh, I, I, I saw I, that, and I was I was uh, like, "Well, that's well, that's something." I love Howard Porter, even even what even the, the how his style has changed post his you know his uh, health issues and all this sort of stuff. Still doing the the fucking lightning lines on the Flash costume, but that's not his fault. Um, but uh, you know, I'm, uh, the the button is is is, ha- is on, and and the Flash is investigating, and I like the uh, like the world of the Flash and Batman as detective buddies, and uh, they get on the, the the treadmill, and they uh, they 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 go into the Flashpoint universe, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a little moment where they're traveling on the treadmill, and Batman's hanging onto the treadmill by the bat rope. And we see them looking at different incarnations of the Justice League forming and, and the, the multiverse and all that sort of stuff. They go by the moment, uh, the uh, the crisis on Infinite Earth moment when the Flash goes to Batman and says, the world is dying. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, this is this is great, and I, I mean, this, I, I was hard on the button on last issue a little bit, but I said I kind of liked it, and I continue to like it now. So, so are we out of kind of like it? You just like it? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Because I don't give a shit about the Watchmen. I know that it's like <laughs> sacrosanct to so many people and all this sort of stuff, but like, who cares? Just do the story. Just tell a good story. You, and so you, and, you really like. I think I think we were we were affected by Darwin in that sense. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. just tell a story. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Well, right. I mean, the thing is, like, over time, like, I know that Alan Moore is whatever, but I also know that Alan Moore, come on. Yeah. You know, none of this stuff is sacred. That's the whole point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that was what he did in the first place. Exactly. He took characters and fucked with them. I'm sure that the, there was a Charlton fan in 1986 who, what the hell? You know, um, but that, that's what it is. Uh, and so then finally. Uh, uh, and that uh, Charlton Black fan Mo- is dead now. Yeah. So, so, we don't know that. 1986 Inside. wasn't that far, far off. Inside. Anyway, 31 um, years ago. <laughs> 31 years ago. He could still be alive. He right, could, but he anyway. was 50-something at the time. Yeah, so he's now 80. He's, now be, he's 80. Be, he doesn't, yeah, but he doesn't care anymore. Cause, be nice to the old guy, all right? Jeez. Josh hates old people. That's what nobody knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then finally, Black Monday Murders, number five, from Jonathan Hickman and Tom Coker from Image Comics. And I know I'm the only one of us who's reading this, who's continuing it, who is dealing with the ridiculously long page lengths or whatever but I, this, this series mon- is this monthly uh i think they they saga they saga it you know where they do an arc and then go away and then come back like they're they're i was i was looking for information on it and i just saw like through eight was solicited i was like good lord that's it's, impressive um, it's it's massive and it's and it's fascinating it's great mm-hmm. it's great it's immersive and it's there's such crazy shit going on in it and the idea that all of – I mean there's a whole kind of exploration of wealth and what that means and how money is the, is the source of wealth. But it, we're not talking always just dollars. We're talking about you know having money versus not. And, like, and, it, and, and there's this magic element to it. And it's got the you know the Hickman design aspect to it, and all the found you know kind of mixed media kind of you know blacked out documents and things like that. It's just it 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 really is amazing. It it uh, it, it might be my favorite thing Hickman's doing right now. So hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad. I don't want to read it, but I'm glad that that works fine for me. Yeah, you know, not, not everything for everybody, but yeah, so interesting enough. So uh, those are the books that we enjoy this week. But you, the patrons. Have a voice, and every week we ask the, the supporting patrons to vote on a book uh, to make us read. We have to read it. It's by it's our mandate uh, that we have to in, read. We don't necessarily have to enjoy, but we have to read whatever book the patrons vote for. And this week we had, and I got to tell you, patrons, you all have been doing a bang up job. By the way, uh, we're, we're we're nearing nearly twenty five percent of patrons voting. Uh, on the books, which is increasing week over week, which is just so amazing to see. But the uh, the book that won with a landslide number one vote uh, was Aliens Dead Orbit number one by the talented James Stokoe. And I got to tell you, I couldn't have been more delighted that they voted for this book. Uh, yeah, thank you, patrons. Yes, thank you, patrons. We, we've said that, but but sometimes there's a vindicti- vindictiveness to the voting, and this time yeah. it was just like you can't deny that. But well, no, yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure that the guy, the guy who voted for Zombie Tramp number thirty four, or uh, apparently there's a book which I kind of want to go back and read called Nom Wolf number one. <laughs> Do you ever think that before this, um, before digital? We would not have been able to do this this exercise. Oh yeah, no, we definitely could not have done this exercise. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, yeah, just, um, anyway. 
so I saw the solicit. I guess it wasn't a solicitation, but a month or so ago, I got some PR thing from uh, from Dark Horse about this book. So they'd actually sent it out a little early, and uh, immediately I was like, "Oh, well, everything yeah. about this is just perfect." Yep. Um, this was very nearly pick of the week. I, I I thought it had a chance, and here's why it didn't. And this isn't a knock on it. Um, it's just a, a objective consideration, subjective consideration. It's very, very much in the tone of the first Alien movie. Yeah. And to a certain extent, I thought, this is doing that really well. I, I'm just talking about storytelling, pacing, tone, really. I'm not talking about the art because, I, I mean, we'll go over this, but the art is stupendous. Yeah. It, it's amazing. But the story, I was like, oh, he's 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 doing Alien. And it's funny because it's called Aliens, but this is an Alien yeah, this isn't. Yeah, the funny thing is that like the difference between and, and aliens fans know this and yeah. all this sort of stuff, but but there's a difference between Alien, mm-hmm. which is a horror movie, a science fiction horror movie, yep. and Aliens, which is a science fiction action movie. Yep. Mon- yeah, yeah, like a monster movie, action movie kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this was I really I really like the tone, but I was like, you know, it's just sort of your take on this thing that was happening. Um, and then at the end, I was kind of left like. It was very, very much not. I like to say cold open. It was an act one kind of thing. So I don't really know what the plot is or what it's going to be that's different. And that stopped me from saying, okay, this is pick of the week that right. blew me away. It was a very good setup. It was as good as a first issue could be. It's, I mean, it's really, it's, re, it's funny because it's really easy to make aliens really good, and it's really easy to make it really bad. Right. If that makes sense, uh, it doesn't. But he made it really good, and I was like, I'm in completely. But it, there wasn't a payoff yet, basically. Right. And and the thi- and the thing is, is about it is that you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the, if we look at the story, it's basically um, you know guy on you know guys on ship find a ship. There are people in stasis. There's something wrong. They've got to get off. And then you know people die. And now guy alone on ship with xenomorph. You know, which is pretty. Uh, you know, it's pretty. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of wrote for the alien kind of thing. You're right. Yeah. Like it's very alien that that said. But just the, I mean, and and what makes what makes this unique, which is the what you were avoiding talking about, is the fact that it is James Stokoe and the pencil of James Stokoe doing this, which is makes every page and every panel ridiculously detailed, amazing. Like I, James Stokoe did a couple of the, the uh, multi artist jams on Moon Knight recently. And his his little storyline on Moon Knight was the science fiction one. And I don't know if you remember me saying, I'm like, oh, James Stokoe drawing spaceships, right? And reading this, I was like, oh, this is like Moon Knight, but for an entire issue. So I don't give a shit that it was even alien. Like, it was just great seeing him do sci- uh, space stuff. Totally valid. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally valid. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and, and just ultimately, you know, and, and the thing is, we don't even see the xenomorph until the last page or the, last, the second to last page or whatnot, right? So it's it's the it's it's less about aliens until the next issue. So I understand why he didn't make a pick of the week, but um, even the even the little moment where the guy is on the ship by himself and he sees a long hallway and and, and he thinks he sees the xenomorph, but he gets closer and realizes he's just seeing things and it's just stuff on the wall and shadows and he's like, oh god, I'm you know like that was a great moment. That was it a great was, scene but as my well, que- that led me to the question: Is like, does this guy know what a xenomorph is? Yeah, yeah. And 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 also then then I was like, wait, am I supposed to know who this is? Right. I know the movies fairly well, specifically the first two, but I, you know, I know the next couple. 
But yeah. I know there's been a lot of offshoots where they fought Predator, and then there was, you know, I've only seen the Prometheus uh, once. So, I, you know, I don't know. Oh, I can't wait for the next one, too, by the way. Oh, I can't either. I'm totally yeah, fine Prometheus with it. Was, Prometheus was horrible, and I loved it. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I get why people say this is horrible. I, I, I kind of didn't get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could recognize, I was like, yeah, that's probably not very good. But I, I was like, look at it, though. Yeah, great. <laughs> look at it. Yeah. Look how handsome he is. Um, yep. Little of that. But did you get like? Did you know? Were you supposed to know who these guys were or anything? No, I I, I just okay. went with it. I didn't I didn't even try to think of them. That's what I that's what I, I figured too. On a on a on a slightly weaker week, this is a pick of the week. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. So ratings, ratings, ratings. ratings. Four and Josh, a half. four and a half. Uh, I too give it four and a half. Yeah. Uh, sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll do. I'll read anything Stoko does. So oh. good job, patrons. Good yeah, job. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, speaking of the patrons, like I mentioned, every patron not only can vote on the book to make us read, but then patrons that chip in from a five dollar or higher level uh, of support get a stupid uh, superhero name, and uh, not superhero name, superhero power. Goodfellas was the name. Uh, <laughs> um, this week uh, we're gonna bestow some dumb powers, and sometimes they're good powers, sometimes they're not so good powers, sometimes they're just they're they're just they're they're afflictions. Uh, Josh, take it away. Well, you can make the judgment on this one, but John Mason has skin made of aluminum foil. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so on the know. one hand, it's thin. On the other hand, it's easily reparable. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And he is, you know, I don't know if I, if I fully understand the physiological ramifications of this, but his skin is made of aluminum foil. All right. Don't put him in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, our next uh, patron, Grant. We want to thank Grant for supporting iFanboy. And Grant has the ability to fly only for as long as his bladder is full. <laughs> I want to know the moment when you thought of that. Uh, literally two seconds ago. Um, so the thing is he can fly when he's got, when he's got some liquid going on, but the moment he pees, he can't fly. He's got to drink some more and then he can fly again, but you're going to reach a point where you got to pee again. So there's a symbiotic thing going on there between flight and his urine, uh, level. Hmm. So there you go. I got a little graphic there for you, but sometimes that's what you just got to do. I like this. There's a greatest American hero aspect to that. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like I, we got to keep going. I, I have to go though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't understand. Um, so I'm we're gonna work this out from an improv standpoint. All right. <laughs> I don't even know how. So I have a little list of powers, and it's on my other computer. And I wrote a bunch down, and I'm not on that computer right now, so I don't know if they were. But I do know that the only thing that's been left in there for a couple of weeks is the word trencher. Okay, that was a uh, character, uh, a Keith Giffen character from Image. Really? Yes. And I, I don't, I didn't know the, I didn't know why I wrote it. I didn't know what I was thinking of when I wrote it. But I'm going to use it. Uh, Jordan Smith's <laughs> power is that he's a trencher. Okay. And uh, apparently, what that means is he can he can construct elaborate and amazing trenches. It's, wow. It's, okay. It's like the Karnak of trenches. <laughs> Karnak of trenches. Yeah, like, like he that. can just see exactly what the problem is or what the need is and construct it around that in that way. He okay. makes trenches, though. So if they're in battle or if it's just like at a construction site and they need to drain water <laughs> away from the site, George okay. the guy you want to call. He's a trencher. All right. 
Cool. All right. There's a very, uh, we haven't had a power that is the name as well, too. And so I'm sure Keith Giffen would appreciate this. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And now I can get that off my little list and not worry about Because for about a month and a half, I've been like, why did I write that? What does it mean? Right, right. No, and I now understand. I just said what it means. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, so thank you for that. Our last patron that we want to thank. the most Jeff Goldblum sounding sound you've ever made. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. Okay, great. Um, our last uh, patron we want to thank is Joshua Chesmore. Joshua Chesmore. And Joshua Chesmore can tie and untie any knot of any difficulty. So he's just knots. It's all about knots. He can he can tie very extremely complicated knots that will keep rope together. He can also untie them as well. Those big, 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 big ropes on the old timey boats. He can do those. He's just a knot guy. The Gordian. Yeah, the Gordian. Is the Gordian yeah, there knot because yeah, that's a, yeah. apparently quite difficult. Yeah. Does it take him <laughs> as long as anybody? Like, is it wood? Does he do it quickly? Or or is it uh, just he can do it? It's gonna might take a while. Uh, yeah, no, no. By no means, it's not like there's not a Wally West flash speed thing going on here. Like if he if he's got a bad knot and he's got to work through, he's got. Oh, I got to sit down. I got to work through this, but he will get it un- untied. <laughs> All right, because I got on my blinds in the living room. Yes, exactly. There his, is his blinds a... are perfect. Yeah, the, the the horrible blind knot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a ball there that is just the worst. Oh, it's just embarrassing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there you go. So if you would like a dumb superpower, and sometimes they're not the best, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and sign up today uh, and get your superpower. Uh, all right. We got a lot of time for some emails. So let's get to it. Wes, as the British would say, from Minnesota, uh, says, I was recently re-listening to Pick of the Week episode 277 on the topic of Brian K. Vaughn came up. Josh made the comment that Vaughn was one of the best modern comic book writers, and Ron disagreed. This conversation took place several years before Vaughn's return to comics with Saga, The Private Eye, and We Stand on Guard. This got me thinking for a good week, which is okay. What is your stance on Vaughn now? Where does he rank among the pantheon of comics writers? Oh, yeah, I would I would rescind that and say he is he is one of the, the best. I think Saga pretty yeah. much it was like, how about now? Boom. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. But that was basically all the last thing you needed was that you had a really great special thing of Why the Last Man. You saw some interesting stuff with Ex Machina, um, and then you saw some interesting stuff at Marvel and things like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is neat or whatever. But then coming back with Saga, uh, coming back with the private eye, even coming back with We Stand on Guard, they're just like, all right, yeah, no, this guy's the shit. So yeah, I think that's, I, a, that's very easy to say I was wrong. I think, yeah, I th- I, yeah, I still think he's he's – I mean, what you said, I, my, the quote is best modern comic book writer, and I, I think that's yeah. exactly it. And I think that when he was away working on it, like, he came back stronger. Like, he's, yeah. you know, he knows what to do and what not to do and what to leave out. And he's very, in a way, he's very sparse, whereas a lot of yeah. people aren't. Like, we were talking about Rucka earlier. Rucka is not sparse, but Vaughn just feels like he's cut down, you know, everything that he doesn't need. And just yeah. what, what is left is, is artwork. And um, I forgot to mention Paper Girls, which I know, you know, started out really strong and then has left people kind of questioning whatever. But I, I st- I'm still reading it and I still like it. I, so I have um, two issues yeah. of that right here, which I am behind on. Yeah. But I, I like it. Go read them. No, no. He's one of the best uh, modern uh, writers right now. So that, yeah. that's abso- absolutely uh, valid. So. And, and also very, very unique. Like I, I, there's no there's no one like him. There's no one. I can't look at him and go, oh, he came from such and such school of, of comic book creation. Yeah, like he's just its own. He's its own he's thing. A, he's his own thing. 
Um, all right. So next email is from Lucas from Australia. Austria. Sorry, not Australia. Austria. Lucas from Austria. Just so we're clear about that. Austria. Uh, he says that I was going to make a, a a comment about the tapestries, but I, I held back. So good. <laughs> then I am Mickey Mouse. All right. Uh, so Lucas says now that Connor, sorry, Steve, and Lucas, please update your email, Ezekiel. Now that Connor, Steve, Ezekiel is gone, let's talk about him. All right, I'm I'm on board. <laughs> what is his biggest achievement regarding iFanboy? In what way did he influence your opinion on certain comics? And finally, which comic in your mind is the essential Connor book? He's a bastard. He's contributed <laughs> nothing. And good riddance, I hope he doesn't ever come back. <laughs> no, that's not no. true. No. No, he, he, sir, he, sir, I mean, the, the thing is that, like, if you talk about alternate universes and multiverses or whatever, if there is a multiverse where I fanboy exists without one of the three of us, I don't see how it does what it does. It's because me. each one of us bring our own um, ridiculous and productive and distracting and like this right mix, this right alchemy of balance amongst the three of us that just works. Well, it's, so it's interesting that you are from Austria because um, – <laughs> If you, you've heard of, and I'm not conflating the two countries, but you've heard of the German trains, right? What about Con- the German trains? Well, they run on time. The Germans make no, sure the, those the, trains. Those are the Italian trains, my that's, friend. That is not a thing. It was. Mussolini got the trains running on time. Right, but that's not the idiom. That's not the colloquialism. Yeah, I'm pretty sure trains on time has always been Italy. Let's go. Yeah, ahead. I just I just typed in Google trains on time, and I got trains on time Mussolini. Try trains on. You know what? This is not the point. <laughs> You're fighting for Mussolini. I really well, just like my grandfather before me. Oh, and no. now, and now, when I typed in "trains on time Germany," it's a bunch of articles saying why German trains don't run on time anymore. 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 Doesn't matter. Connor's that guy. Connor yeah. would Connor would look at the German train system and go, "This is sloppy. We can fix this." Yeah, yeah. He's uh, a very he's a very efficiently minded. Uh, that's <laughs> part of it. And then the other yeah. part is. Uh, the 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 melding of sort of the our senses of humor, yes. you know, like it, it's like he's got a very specific part that if that wasn't there, um, they wouldn't be there. The two of you bring a very New York vibe to things. Sure, I yeah, think. Um, yeah. In, in a good way. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't mean that as a bad thing. And any, but like they're different flavors of it. Interestingly enough, funny funny thing, the whole Mussolini bringing the trains on time is actually uh, f- false. It's actually uh, not true. Yeah, he was a liar. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, and that's what, and, and that's what they're saying. They're saying like the, the the common idiom is that you know he was an awful leader and a satirant and you know did it, it was against uh, freedom. But people said you got to admit that you know he he made the trains run on time. But uh, that that wasn't actually uh, that wasn't actually the case. Anyway, so, take like, what you can from that. In what way? I don't know if he. I don't know how this works for you. In what day, way does he influence your opinion on certain comics? I think that he he definitely has a different point of view, and yes. I'm pretty, but I'm pretty sure also that there have been times where was it you or him that handed me Fear Agent? 
It might have been him. I thought it was you who handed it to me. So then it must have, he must have handed it to me. I definitely I got it handed to me. So I can't take credit for that. I got I think I think I could give him credit for Fear Agent. Um, I mean, aside from the credit that Rick Remender and Tony Moore and Earl Penny deserve. But yeah, but you know, like he will he will take a flyer on stuff sometimes that I will pass over, and he'll make a point to point it out and say, hey, make sure you read this and all that. Whereas like on our weekly, even on our weekly reading, like if there's something really interesting that I'm not going to read, he'll say, hey, read this. And which we're at the point now where we just leave each other the fuck alone more often than not. So I'm glad that he does that because sometimes that's um, that's really that's a good thing. So um, I think that he to me is a, a way to understand sort of legacy comic book readers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when he talks about DC and Batman and there's this and why, you know, well, I'm going to I'm going to read Batman forever, which to me seems like a crazy thing. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a window into it. And I, I kind of get it. And it's interesting to watch him adjust from that too. Yeah. Um, but like he's the guy who who like gave uh, validity to sort of old wacky comics that I would have never given the time of day to before I was a yeah. little more mature. Yeah. Yeah. So that said, then what what comic in your mind is the essential Connor book? When you close your eyes and you think and you see Connor reading a comic book, what comic is it, Josh? I have uh, an answer. Yeah, Keith Giffen, uh, Dimitrius. Oh, uh, Justice okay. League. My answer would be late 80s Batman drawn by Norm Brayfogle. That too. Yep. So, cool. That's a fun game. Uh, it is a fun game, and he wouldn't want yeah. us to do it while he was here, so I thought, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. He's not here. All right. Our last bit of feedback from you, the listener, comes in the form of a voicemail, which we've been asking you to send in. So thank you, Sean, for sending this in, and let's listen to it right now. Roll the tape. Fellas, it's Sean from Long Island. I have a question for you about the Force. We know there's Force-sensitive people, and we reach a certain degree of Force sensitivity. You could be a Jedi or a Sith or something. My question is, what do you think that level is of Force sensitivity? I'm not going to say the M word. And could it be like an X gene in there? Could you get Force-induced superpowers that are specific? Like, oh, he's just a great repairman who can kind of see the future sometimes. This is a – I don't want to – I don't want the answer to this question. Yeah. I don't want to explain it, but I will tell you how I think about it, and I don't want the, somebody to tell me if this is right or wrong, if that makes okay. sense. That's that's totally that's totally fair. I, I mean, it's funny because like because I'm listening to um, uh, I'm listening to Star Wars Minute as 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 you sure. do, um, and they're they they happen to be in the middle of the arena battle at Episode Two. Um, and there's a lot of talk about Jedi's and what Jedi's can do, and and throughout all this, they've kind of like they they fall. I don't know if how current you are listening to it or not, um, but they've fallen into this trying to explain things that Jedi do by oh the Force, and they 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 that like oh Palpatine is clouding the room, or, or they're aware of it, but they're not reacting to it. No, he's gonna he's gonna Force run quickly. Like they're using the Force as a way to explain what stuff is going on, and that's not how I think of it at, at all either. You mean you know. Like that, I, I don't that see the, the people are doing it, or that the force is acting on its own. That the Jedi's are manipulating the force to do the thi- to explain the things that you can't explain. Uh huh. Right, which I think just gives it more value than it that than I wanted it to be. You know, and I, I don't know. I always saw the force as just like a light telepathy telekinesis. Well, I think Yoda would have. Well, or in his case, heavy tele- telepathy or telekinesis. Right, you know so... what I mean? But yeah. I like that as a simplistic thing, but I think it takes away from some of the mythos of the thing. But maybe that's sort of just yeah. how religion works in this context, because it's a religion. That's what the deal is. So my thought is that, like, it's a thing that exists that you can use to varying extent. And if you're above a certain sort of sensitivity, we'll call it, 
then yeah. you get to be a Jedi. You're you're that good. Yeah. But then other people might. This is like the superhero thing that we've been doing. You know, the superpower thing, where you know you might have a power, but it might be sort of insignificant and inconsequential. So then you've got that quote unquote four sensitives. But that is as much as I want to parse it. Yeah, exactly. You are you either got nothing. Yep. Maybe you got a little bit, or you got a lot. Well, yep, yep. And I don't want I don't want to break it down into types or different things or things like that. It just I think I think you're right. Breaking it down that way makes sense. Well, it's like athleticism. Yeah. To me, that's how I I tend to look at it. I guess like some people are very naturally athletic. Some people aren't, but they practice really hard. And yeah. then some people are both, you know, they're Batman. There's yeah. ba- Batman. Yoda is Batman of the force. Like he's just yeah. that, that good at it. Um, I think I don't, I don't, he said he didn't want to use the M word. Me neither. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we come to me, me neither too. So we're all yeah. agree. Uh, that- and I don't think you should explain it or parse it much more than that because it's, it's like everything in Star Wars, the more that's explained, the worse it gets. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, thank you, Sean. Good to hear about from somebody from Long Island. You, we we haven't favorite. done Star Wars Corner in a while either. So we haven't. Well, I've done it. You haven't been here. It seems that every time I do it, you know, we couldn't do it this week because I'm not reading that Darth Maul book. But uh, uh, and I like to be honest, because I'm not reading that. <laughs> well, to be honest, I did read it, but it wasn't worth talking about. But um, I just can't stop. All right, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can get your question on the show. Be, be sure to include your name where you're writing in from, where you're from, and how long you thought about this question. And be like Sean from Long Island. Send in an MP3. Uh, you can hear your voice on the podcast. That'd be awesome to get more of those. Uh, thank you for writing in, Wes, Lucas, and Sean. We have announcements. We have things to tell you yeah. about. Um, first up, uh, this this week, while, while we are going to be a little tiny bit late on our patron hangout, um, we did manage to get our April uh, talks blowed out just in yep. time. Uh, I spent quite a while talking with Aubrey Citizen, who writes the ongoing G.I. Joe book. And as you know, uh, G.I. Joe is near and dear to all of our hearts and many, many, many of our listeners. Um, and I've known Aubrey for some time, and and, and it's not only just working on the G.I. Joe book. He he does a podcast uh, video show called Straight Shoot about uh, pro wrestling, and uh, it's a very good show. I sort of liken it to a wrestling version, at least in uh, ethos of how what we do here for comics, I think. Agreed. Um, and he, he, was a, he was an editor at Marvel on a lot of big books that you uh, may not be aware of. And so he's sort of been in comics for quite a while, has a lot of experience. So, and he's, he's not shy about talking at all. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> so uh, it was a really fun conversation. Uh, and you can go check that out. It's on the feed now. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to listen to that. I haven't had a chance to, but Aubrey's a great dude, so it's good to hear that. Um, so yeah, so we got other podcasts coming up. So uh, there's been discussion about Iron Fist, so that's going to be coming soon. As soon as Wilson comes out on DVD or on digital, I'm going to download that and try to get our secret special guest to come on board because I think that'll be fun. Uh, but then, of course, next week or this week, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two comes out, and uh, we're we're going to talk about it. Uh, we'll figure out when and how. But uh, uh, yeah, we're uh, as always the I fanboy scheduling machine. Uh, listen, without Ezekiel here keeping the trains running on time, it's a little hard. But uh, you can you can be sure to expect something Guardians of the Galaxy related probably next weekend uh, or early ne- early early next week. Um, and then, as we mentioned numerous times, our patron uh, our patron hangout is uh, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on on Sunday when the show comes out, if you're listening to this on Monday, it's tonight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday or any day after May first, you missed it. Uh, so if you're a patron, make sure you keep an eye out on Patreon for the link on May first at nine thirty p.m. Eastern time. We're very excited to do that. It's always a fun time. So, but if you're a patron, you can also go back and watch it. 
Yes, so true. Yeah, fun. you can. Yeah, you can go back. Yeah, we 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 keep the hangouts are you know available for patrons to watch if you miss out on it. Yeah. So definitely. So. So also, if you're not a patron yet, and you're like, oh, I miss them, but what's the point? Well, right. they're there. So, you know, keep that in mind there, buddy. You can go to ifanboy.com and you can find out about all of our other podcasts. You can comment on this show. You can you can find everything we've ever done there, basically. Uh, and we advise you to do so, especially if you're going to go back and listen to something from half of our run ago and then ask us a question, how do we feel now? That's That makes us feel old, but also gives us free content, so we are conflicted. You can yeah. follow us. <laughs> <laughs> Go to facebook.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy on Twitter. You're going to find out what the pick of the week is before that happens. And, of course, all the announcements for the other shows and things that are going on. And, of course, you can follow us individually on Twitter at Fling and at RonXO and at C.S. Kilpatrick. And all those names work on Instagram as well if you like pictures of dogs, guitars, bikes, or kids. Yeah. <laughs> those are all good good things. <laughs> and records. <laughs> And records, sure, yes, good, good stuff. And uh, I don't even know what I've been posting lately, but yeah, dead trees. Yeah, trees. Um, so, and if you like the show, if you like what we do, please tell your friends, tell anyone who listened, try to recommend iFanboy. We thank everybody who's done that. If you go to iTunes, write us a review, leave a rating. We appreciate it as well. Or any place else that people are talking about podcasts, uh, Reddit, if you're on there, I don't know, whatever people do, just talk about podcasts. Say, hey, I like iFanboy. Uh, all right, that was a fun show. Hopefully. Ezekiel will be back and he won't be too preachy next week. Uh, so until then, I'm Ron. Just unbutton that top button, man. Just <laughs> creepy like that. All right, so that hopefully that's the last double Jamoker for a while. Hopefully. Hopefully. Bye.